0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen as-tafa Amma ba'du fa'audh billahi min ash-shaytanir-rajim, bismillahir-rahmanir-raheem Wa zhakkir fa inna al-dhikra tanfa'u al-mu'mineen, sadaqallahu al-azim Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, the deen that Allah has blessed us with is the most perfect, most complete and it is a code of life that if we live by this code of life then even this dunya would become an example obviously a very very small and a very minute example but an example of Jannat Jannat, the reality of Jannat is beyond our imagination. We cannot even fathom one iota of the reality of Jannat. But this much we obviously know that Jannat is a place of perpetual and never ending peace, happiness, and everything positive. But the reality of it is far, far beyond our wildest imagination. It is something that will only be known, inshallah, out of His grace and mercy. Allah Ta'ala take us to Jannat without any Hisab Kitab, directly to Jannatul Firdaus. Then we will be able to know what Jannat is all about. But nevertheless, this beautiful and perfect way of life that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, through the teachings of Rasulullah, ﷺ, whatever Allah Ta'ala has revealed in the Quran Sharif, and what has been explained to us by Rasulullah ﷺ in the Hadith Sharif, if we abide by this, then we will have a small example of Jannat in this life. It is obvious that if somebody abides by it and somebody does not abide by it, then it does still create challenges, but yet by abiding by it if everybody in one home abides by these guidelines by this perfect way of life then that entire home would become a place of Jannat and nevertheless dunya is dunya if somebody is making their best effort but somebody else is not then dunya there is going to be some challenge there is going to be some sabar to be made such people will have a greater Jannat in Akhirat in this perfect way of life there is ibadat obviously starting off with iman and then there is ibadat and all the obligations of deen in this muamalat and dealings there is muasharat, social life and this akhlaq we have dealt with these things many times before and all these things are important, extremely important And among these many, many aspects of deen in terms of our day-to-day living are some fundamental lessons which we need to implement, which we need to live by. We will then have peace, others will have peace also. In order to understand what this lesson is all about, we will briefly take the incident of Sayyidina Yusuf Allah Nabi'na wa and just go fast forward towards the end of the incident that is mentioned in Surah Yusuf. We are all well aware of the incident, we have heard it on many times, many occasions previously, and just the gist of it that Yusuf Alayhi Salaam as a young boy was taken stretched away by some scheme from his father by his own brothers his own brothers schemed and plotted against him and they somehow convinced the father to let him come along with them they then took him and after dealing and treating him in a very bad way they threw him into the well then he was brought out of the well by some passing Travellers, they were looking for water, they pulled out the bucket and they came, Yusuf A.S. sitting in that bucket. The brothers then came again, they realized that he's out of the well. They came and sold him off as a slave to these travellers. He was then brought and sold in the markets of Egypt. He was bought and then brought into the royal palace. Here again, there was a slander against him. He was falsely accused, and as a result, he was put into prison. He spent many years in prison. Can we imagine this? What a major situation has gone past in his life from his early days, and now he's going through one test after the other, one trial after the other. And now he is in prison for an extended period of time And then eventually the time comes when Allah makes it possible That he is now brought out of prison But then not just brought out of prison He becomes uh, the person with great power and authority in Egypt And now he is on the, so to say, the platform of the king The king was somebody else but now he was appointed in a position of tremendous authority on the treasuries of Egypt and then come his brothers who had done so much of harm to him. They come like beggars because now they were poverty stricken due to the drought that had afflicted them. So now they come like beggars and then eventually Yusuf reveals his identity. There are many many details in between. Which we are just fast forwarding to get to the main point. And after this is made known to them that I am Yusuf. I am the same person who is your brother. He then sends them to go and bring along his parents. So Yusuf <laughs> now sends his brother, brothers along with his kurta. And they go and pass it over the face of Yaqub. <laughs> he had become blind over time. As a result of this miracle and maharjizah. He gains his sight again. And now, after such a long separation, Yaqub a.s. how much of grief, how much of pain he underwent due to the separation from his son. And now, after this very long separation, decades have passed. Now, this entire family is getting reunited. Yaqub a.s. and all his children now come to Egypt. And Yusuf a.s. together with the king of Egypt. He welcomes them in a very, very grand manner. So any case now when this welcome has taken place, father and son have met now after such a long and painful separation. Yusuf is now talking to his father and he now is giving a report back. He is talking about now what has transpired in the interim. That there is so much of time that has passed. In this painful separation. So, what happened? Now, where does the Yusuf commence this discussion? First, he starts off with saying, Ya Abati Haza Ta'wil Min Qabl. When Yusuf was a little child, he had seen a dream, and the dream was that the sun, the moon, and Eleven stars are prostrating to him. So now this was a dream that he saw as a child. And he mentioned this dream to his father, Yaakov Father told him, don't mention this to anybody. Somebody might then become jealous over you. Because he already foresaw something is going to take place, something very big is going to take place in the future. Now when these brothers and parents and all came to Egypt, as a form of greeting which was permissible in that Shariat... They bowed in the direction of Yusuf as a form of greeting, not as an ibadat. Ibadat, sajda is only permissible to Allah. Ta'ala. And this kind of greeting only was permissible in that shariat. That is not permissible in this shariat. Even that is not permissible. In our shariat, greeting is not to be even with the bowing of the head, not even just bowing the head slightly too let alone going into a Ruku position or a sajda position which is completely haram. So, in any case, they just sort of, so to say, bowed down a little, just in order to uh, kind of uh, greet him. And this greeting was permissible in that Shariat, but not permissible in our Shariat. Now, when this came about, Yusuf referred to this, and he said, Ya abati Hada Ta'awilu Ruyah bin Kabl. Say, Oh my father, this is the interpretation of the dream that I had seen so many years ago. Allah ta'ala has made it a reality today. That this dream was seen in his childhood and now decades later the reality has unfolded. That exactly what he dreamt in the form of the moon and the sun and the moon that were the parents, the reference to the parents and the eleven stars, the reference to the brothers. Now that unfolded today. Now that he's starting off on this, that look, this too is such a great bounty of Allah Taala, that Allah Taala has brought this day that this dream has become a reality. Now already this is on the note of shukr, on the note of shukr he is mentioning this. Then, now there's so many things have happened in between, and what does Yusuf speak about? قَدْ أَحْسَنَ وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ إِذْ أَخْرَجَنِي مِنَ السِّجْنِ Now there have been numerous challenges in between. The turnaround, the turnaround in the difficulties came from the time that Yusuf was brought out of prison. Until that time, he was in one difficulty after another. One challenge after another. The turnaround came only at the time when he was brought out of prison. Yusuf ﷺ commences his discussion from that point. He commences his discussion from the point where things turned for the better. And he is just turning the leaf over on all the challenges. Ahsana Bi is min That my Rabb has been so kind to me He's been so good to me that he brought me out of prison. He's not talking about being thrown into the well. He's not talking about being sold as a slave. He's not talking about being falsely accused. He's not talking about being thrown into prison. He's not talking about all the hardships and difficulties of prison. And all these things that have happened in between and the bad treatment of the brothers before they threw him in the well... And how they taunted him and mocked him—nothing. All that he is just bypassing, and he's starting off where. Subhanallah, Allah Taala has been so kind to me. Allah Taala has been so good to me. Allah Taala brought me out of prison. Furthermore, now he's talking about we are united. Allah Taala brought us together again. You were out there in that rural area in Kanan and Allah Ta'ala now brought you here in this place where we are all together and this is a developed place. So life is much more easier here compared to like a person in a complete farm, in the complete rural area somewhere. There Maybe there is no uh, facilities there. Things are very difficult to come by. Now in a city, in a developed place, things are much more easier. So this is now such a great bounty of Allah Ta'ala again. Allah Ta'ala brought all of you here, and we are all united. Imagine Yusuf is talking after such a long time about the difficulties, uh, about about what has transpired, but he is bypassing the difficulties and he is coming to the starting off on the point of shukr, and then on top of that talking about current. That Subhanallah, how much we have to be grateful for. Allah Ta'ala brought you out from there and brought us, brought you here to the developed place, to the city. And we are all together now. But now there's, it's impossible to totally avoid the discussion of what happened in between. That Something has happened in between. You ended up in prison. How this happened? How you finished off? You were in my care and comfort. And then suddenly there's such a long separation. Well, okay, we met now. but So now it's not possible to totally ignore the discussion of what happened in the past. Something somewhere is going to come up. So Yusuf now wraps that up. That now before this comes up in some other way, he wraps it up beforehand. And he says, Mim ba'di an Shaytanu wa bayna ikhwati." That well all this has happened now, Allah ta'ala has brought me out of prison Allah Ta'ala brought you here and now we are united here. Yes, in between, Shaitan had caused this rift or this, this separation between my brothers and I and caused some little issue there. But in any case, now that too is past now. That's over. Now we are all together. Now, that again, he put the blame now, apparently, put the blame on Shaitan. Now, there's two things here. One is, we also do this. We do it to find excuses for ourselves. To find excuses for ourselves, to try and cover up for our faults, to try and uh, avoid responsibility, avoid taking responsibility for something that we've done. So what do you say? Well, hey, I don't know what happened man. So I don't know what happened, meaning it's not my fault. I did something wrong, but I don't know what happened. I don't know how I did this. Like it was, I just became like a robot and uh, shaitan was just controlling me. So, this is all hey, shaitan made me do something. That is not excusable in dunya also. It's not excusable in the akhirat as well. We cannot say, well, shaitan made me say this and shaitan made me swear and shaitan made me look at that haram and shaitan and think now we're going to get away. No, that's not going to work in dunya also. It's not going to work in the akhirat as well. If somebody slaps us and they say, no, oh, shaitan made me slap you, we'll be we accepted. Well, shaitan made you slap me, then fine, then you can carry on, no problem. Somebody takes our things away, you say, no, shaitan made me take it away. So you say, okay, well, since shaitan made you take it away, then fine, no problem, no blame on you, you go away. No, we'll tell the person, you carry on like shaitan now. So just as we won't accept it from others, if somebody came and hit us, somebody took our money away, somebody came and harmed us in some way, and they try to now make one story now, well okay Shaitan made me do this, we're not gonna accept it. So just as we won't accept it from others, it's not excusable from ourselves also. So from our own situation, we cannot make this kind of excuse and duck out of responsibility by saying that no, well this is Shaitan's job, so I'm not to blame. No, then we are to blame. But to make excuses for others That is where we can use this. No problem. As Yusuf did. In order to cover up for others who have done something to us. Now that is to us. Then to just dismiss it. Basically is to dismiss it. Look, I know you are not that kind of person but it was a moment of weakness. Shaitan probably just got the better of you at that time. And that's why you told me those hurtful things. But don't worry about it now. It's done now. And that 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 issue is over. Don't worry about it. So now to lighten the matter for the next person, we are dismissing it. So now we are using this as the method of dismissing it. That well, Shaitan has got the better of you at that time. I know you are not that kind of person. That's very good. To use it in that context. To dismiss something that we are entitled to. But we cannot use that for excuses for ourselves. We can use it an excuse for somebody else to lighten the issue for them in relation to what they have done to us. So, this is what Yusuf did. <laughs> He's put the whole blame on Shaitan. Now, the Mufassirin explain a very important point here. That Yusuf A.S. he had to say something but he put the blame on Shaitan in this way, here on this occasion. This was out of consideration for his brothers who were standing there, who were present. Now they are also hearing what is being said and in order to avoid any embarrassment to them, That you did this and you did this and you did this, or not talking to the father in their presence, that they did this and they did this. He wrapped the whole thing up in a way that avoids that embarrassment to them. And what he said? Shaitan was responsible for all this. In other words, forget about this chapter now, it's closed. This was out of consideration for those brothers. Now, this is the lesson the lesson of consideration. That Yusuf despite having been at the receiving end of these brothers all the time, receiving all the difficulties, that they became jealous over him, and then they abused him by taking him and taunting him and mocking him, and then they finally even threw him in the well, then they came back and they sold him off as a slave, and then that resulted in so many difficulties... Despite all that, he is still considering them. And in consideration of their feelings, he is talking to the father in these words, that Shaitan did all this, close that chapter, don't worry about it. Now this consideration is the lesson that we have been taught. Yusuf islam is making this, or is considering those who harmed him. How far are we that we can't even consider those who do so much for us? Our parents, our Muallimas, people around us, our family members, and in so many ways, so many different people are very involved in our betterment. But we seldom Show consideration to all these people In the way that it should be shown The slightest thing And we will take offense Our parents reprimand us in some Small way also And we will forget All the countless favors That they have done for us And which we can never pay them back for Throughout our lives As much as we may try We can never repay our parents For what they have done for us And even if they have now erred in some things and they have maybe done some things which are even completely wrong in terms of the treatment that they might have meted out to somebody, regardless of that, that is a matter, they matter with Allah Ta'ala. But we can still never repay them for their favors to us. Our whole life we can do whatever we want. We will never repay that. That is something that is very clear. Now despite that, but we don't have that consideration for them, we talk to them anyhow, we conduct ourselves anyhow, we don't even consider that what we are doing is hurting them, one is to consider somebody to comfort them, to consider somebody to make them feel happier, but we don't even show this much of consideration that don't hurt them at least. Yusuf is taking this extra caution to avoid hurting the feelings of his brothers. So this much of caution that he is doesn't want to embarrass them despite what they did to him. That's a consideration he's showing. And we can't even show the consideration of not hurting somebody who has done so much for us. Likewise those who teach us deen Those who teach us Anything that will be helpful to us Ali radiallahu ta'ala used to say The person who has taught me one ayat He is my master I am his slave If he wants he can sell me Or if he wants he can free me now, This was the Extent to which he showed This consideration to those Who even taught him one ayat There is one very Ajeeb incident, one of our great pious personalities, that Mawla. Mia Azhar Hussain sahab He was among the senior Ustads at Darul um Deoband. Very great personality, very highly respected. Now, he was living in a house which was, which had mud walls, built with mud walls, And as a result, in the rainy season, these walls would start crumbling because the heavy rain would come. And now it's mud. So as the rain pounds on that wall, then it starts. Now, as a result of it crumbling, meaning that plaster of that, just mud plaster, it starts falling off. So now you have to quickly rebuild that mud wall again now, make make that mud mixture again and re, so to say, plaster that wall. But that plaster is not cement plaster; it's just mud plaster. So that will last now for that rainy season. So now the result of this would be that every rainy season, prior to the rainy season, he would have to re-plaster these walls because over time now it started cracking and chipping, and now the rain is going to come; it's going to wash it all away. And it has to be redone. So that Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahab, who was the Grand Mufti of Pakistan in his time, very great personality, great Mufassir of the Quran Sharif. His well known tafsir, Ma'ariful Quran, is in eight big volumes, and besides that, very great alim and scholar. So, he was a student of Hazrat Mufti, Mawlana Mi'azar Hussain Rahmatullah So, he explains that once it was just the rainy season was now already starting, and we went to Hazrat Miyasa Rahmatullah and we found him that he is now busy replastering his walls. He's doing it himself, or he's just assisting to do it. So, Mr. Shah Faizabrahmadullah says that I mentioned to him that the cost that you're going to keep every year plastering these walls, and now the labor and so on involved in it. If you spend a little bit more and just rebuild these walls with brick, brick and cement. Then this will be a lifelong thing And every year now You don't have to re-plaster These walls and every year now This is a hard job And sometimes that water still leaks through and so on Why don't you just do it once Once and for all, done So Miasa Rahmatullahi He addressed him and said MashaAllah, wow what a wonderful Suggestion, you see I am gone old now We can't think now We can't think of such a simple And wonderful thing I am gone old now. Our thinking, our mind is not working right now. now. First he just said this in that manner. It was actually just to try and jolt the Shafi sahib Rahmatullah Obviously he knows that this is a great Ustad of his. He is never going to be ever able to imagine also that his thinking is greater than the thinking of his Ustad. So this was just to jolt him. Then he says to him, the Ustad is now saying to Mufti Shafi sahib Rahmatullah that come here and he calls him closer and he says now look look down this entire road left, right, all around look at all the houses around here I he says look at all the houses so he looks at all the houses can you see that all these houses are all mud houses because that poor community, the poor community now that's the best they could afford to build that kind of houses and they all have the same issue they all have to replaster it from time and time again so can you see all these houses? These are all the same mud houses. I can afford to build my house in a with a solid structure. I can do it. But in the midst of this community, I'm going to build that solid structure. And all around are these people who are only able to afford this kind of house with these mud walls. Now I don't have that. Ability to build a solid structure For everybody here But I am going to build my own They are going to be living in these mud houses Still But every day they are going to be passing They are going to be coming out of their houses They are going to be seeing my house They are going to be passing my house Because I am here in the same neighborhood So every day that they are going to pass this house Every day that their gaze is going to fall on it Because I am their neighbor They are going to feel some pain Within them This little bit of pain they are going to feel in their hearts that this person built a solid structure but we still have to carry on with what we have we, do, we can't afford this now that pain that comes to their heart because we are in the same neighborhood they see something else way, it might not hurt them but now this is their neighbor I cannot bear bringing that pain to their hearts so it doesn't matter this is an effort every year it's a labor that I have to undertake every year. But I will undertake this labor for their cons- out of consideration for their feelings. I won't hurt them. Now this is that lesson of consideration which he taught us. And he practically implemented this lesson of consideration. To what extent this is important. How necessary it is. Now can we imagine if everybody lived by this lesson of consideration the children are all the time considering the parents they must not hurt the parents feelings in any way they must not cause them any taklif and pain they must be obedient children and likewise the parents are considering the children too, obviously all this within the limits of Shariat but the parents now have seen life So they have the experience and they would be able to see something in a different manner compared to what we will see. We might think there is nothing, no problem with some things. They have already seen what a problem it can become. So nevertheless we are going to consider them that if they are saying no to something, then they know better also. We are going to accept it. At the same time the parents are considerate of the children that if something is not going to be a problem, if something is fine, it is not a, an issue, it's permissible in chariot, and it's not going to become a problem in any way, then they are accommodating the children. They are doing whatever is in their capacity to try and accommodate, to try and do what they can for their children. And generally, parents always do this. So, both are considering one another. Why won't that house be an example of Jannah? The husband is considering the wife, the wife is considering the husband, why won't that house be an example of Jannat? The extended family members are all considering one another. Obviously the first consideration is Dheen. If somebody is not prepared to consider the law of Allah Ta'ala, then we can't obviously now submit to that. We are going to have to keep ourselves within the commands of the Shariat. But now within the commands of the Shariat, everybody is considering one another. Somebody is elderly, so the ones who are young are considering the elderly. The elderly is making considerations from their own perspective and in a manner that they can for the young. The consideration they'll make is, they will give them du'as, they will assist by advising them in a good manner. They will do whatever is in their capacity, obviously they have their limitations. So there's so much that they can do. But they will be showing their consideration in the form of their guidance, in the form of their good words, in the form of their uh, acknowledgement, in the form of their uh, encouragement. Now this becomes such a wonderful environment, such a wonderful and the young are there to make their khidmat, to serve them, to comfort them, to be a means of the happiness of their hearts. So why won't this become an example of jannat In a classroom, each one is considering the other. This is my fellow student. So now I must put myself in her shoes. How I would like to be treated. I'm going to treat her like that. I'm not going to mock anybody. I'm not going to jeer at anyone. I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, This would be the ongoing concern of every person. That I must not cause any taklif to anybody else. So why would then this not become an example of Jannat? So this is a very very deep lesson. And this is a lesson that we have to keep reminding ourselves about. And those who will show this kind of consideration to others, Allah Ta'ala will be considerate to them, meaning Allah Ta'ala's rahmat and mercy will pour down upon them. Allah Ta'ala's khazana and treasures are unlimited. But now, the person who is doing it, why is he considering others? For the pleasure of Allah ta'ala. Not for the sake of some dunya. Not for the sake of just getting some praise. Yes, all that, whatever happens, will happen. But to make Allah ta'ala pleased, to please Allah ta'ala. Then Allah ta'ala will please that person too. Allah ta'ala will make him happy. Allah ta'ala will fill his heart with happiness. And dunya is a very small place for the rewards of all this. The real place is the akhirat. So this is what we need to focus on. This is a fundamental lesson, the lesson of consideration. And as we learned from the lesson of Yusuf he even went out of his way to consider those who harmed him. At least we should consider those minimal, is to consider those who are around us, who are a means of good for us, a betterment to us, a means of help to us and especially those teaching us deen, we need to be extra considerate, and our parents even greater. In this way we will get the rewards also, everybody will enjoy that happiness, that peace. Our lives will be also much more better and will become a source of happiness for others as well may allah tabarak wa taala give us a tawfiq to make amal wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil <tell> alamin allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thanan alayk anta kama athnaita ala nafsik tazallahu anna nabiyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana wa la tighlna anfusana wa in lam taghfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين